0: Welcome to the Creating Lab podcast. Each week, we'll take the valuable lessons of stoicism and apply them to our fitness journey. This week, we decided to do something a little different. We decided to interview a good friend of mine, uh, Joe Blumenauer. Joe Blumenauer is the head coach and programmer over at CrossFit Soulified. Me and Joe have known each other for a long time, and we share a lot in common as far as our different training met- methodologies that we use to train our athletes, so i Always wanted to get Joe on the podcast and finally made it happen during this quarantine period. So it was really fun. It turned out to be the longest podcast I've ever done. But uh, this is what happens when you have like-minded individuals just talking about things that they love. So hope you enjoyed this edition of the Create Love podcast, guys. Hope you get something out of it and learn from it. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, review so we can uh, keep this podcast going. So hope you enjoy, guys. And as always, do great things for your country. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Create Lab podcast. Uh, name's Matt again. Uh, so today we got Joe B. Joe Blumenauer here. Uh, Joe B. is the head coach uh, over there at uh, CrossFit Solified. I brought him in. We uh, we have some good concepts as far as the systems we use in our programming, and I figured I'd bring him on and talk to him about how he programs over there and how we program over here, and figure we have a good conversation over it. So, Joe, welcome to the welcome to the podcast.
1: What's up, man? Uh, happy to be here. Look forward to uh, shooting the shit with you, talking about some programming and working out. So, just uh, just some insight, guys.
0: We tried to do this a couple days ago. The you know we had some technical difficulties. So if we start talking about things that maybe we forgot to discuss, we've already talked about a lot of these things already. So we're gonna go and shoot shoot the shit for a little for a couple more minutes, and we'll see how this goes.
1: So Joe, tell us about yourself. How long have you been doing CrossFit? Oh, I would say seven, eight years. Uh probably about seven or eight years. I think it was two thousand twelve, maybe thirteen, something like that. All I know is that one of my first workouts was a was an open workout and uh I got my butt whooped. <laughs> whooped. But I loved it. I loved it. So here we are. You uh you've you
0: been at Solify the whole time?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've been at I've been in and out, you know, you know, life things, things change. Uh in and out but the only CrossFit gym I've I've been a part of has been CrossFit Solify.
0: Yeah, you travel around too. I mean, you've got a lot of experience traveling with uh, other CrossFit gyms, so you see a bunch of programs from a whole bunch. Oh of people.
1: yeah, I I love doing that. With with my other job, I I get to travel and be on the road, so dropping into other CrossFit gyms is is pretty sweet. I most of them I've had good experiences. Every every once in a while you go into one and it's a little disappointing, but uh, good or bad, you can always learn something from wherever you go. So. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, you used to be the fittest guy in the U.S. Postal Service.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some savages in the Postal Service, man. A lot of guys like to, uh, like to pump iron. There's some swole guys in there, but I don't know too many guys that were doing CrossFit. Um, guys with big arms and small legs. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get into coaching? Um, a lot, Like I told you last time, I, just, I kind of always wanted to coach. I, I always thought I'd be a baseball coach. I ended up being a baseball umpire complete opposite a whole nother world I love that too though but um I just have a kind of knack for trying to help people and I was fortunate enough to have some good coaches in the beginning of of doing this and uh I kind of just try to help people around the gym and a couple people told me uh, you know I had a knack for for helping out and maybe I should lean towards coaching uh we talked about this last time but Nicole Nicole Garrett's uh who used to own CrossFit Soulify was a big part of pushing me that way so I appreciate her. She's been good people, so. Yeah, Nicole. Nicole's a good people.
0: She uh, she would. I, I used to program for her and Kim all the time. Down back when I was coaching over there. And yeah,
1: they used to get after. It. Yeah, Nicole's 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 working a little bit with me now. She's she's pushing on this quarantine at home. That's what I'm uh, yeah. So we've been we've been texting, and she's kicking butt though. She's coming back. She's she's savage.
0: That's awesome. She's one of those few people that she went to weightlifting for a little while and came back to CrossFit yeah. and still picked up right where she left off. Man, when
1: she gets after it, though, she gets after it. She's, yeah, that's awesome. she's pretty intense.
0: Yeah, are you still competing now?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, doing top of the box here, and I don't even know. I signed up for these things, I don't even know when they are. Um, Was that August? Yeah, I think they moved to August. August so. And then I, I'm going to sign up for Battle at the Lab. Um, just hoping everything gets. On schedule with this.
0: Yeah, telling me
1: about all it, this man. quarantine stuff. I know, I know you're probably hoping more than anybody. But <laughs> look forward to it and get that thing rolling. It should be a good time. So yeah. yeah, still competing. Uh I like to push myself as much as I like to push others. So we'll see how long that lasts.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. Masters
1: division and stuff. That's you got you got to run with Justin Carlos, though. Justin, man, he he come over to the house this morning. He still got it. O- old man, River still yeah. still going, he's still the, going. He's the man.
0: So I see you start, you recently started using the conjugate method with your athletes. What's your experience so far with the conjugate method?
1: Uh I love it. I think it's I think it works extremely well. Um and what we're trying to do, seeing some really good results. Um it's like anything, I think it day by day you learn what works and doesn't work. So I just try and I try and keep adapting with the people I'm working with and Kind of use their feedback and what I see, and uh, but as far as the method itself, I think it I think it fits into what me and you try and do greatly. Yeah, you know, CrossFit programming it, it's just constantly varied, ever changing. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, like
0: like we so, talked about the other day. I mean, the conjugate yeah. method. I, I believe so. If those are not familiar, the conjugate method is a constantly rotating series of exercises to help bring up the weak points in your lifts and everything else. Um, and we talked about it, I I think CrossFit is. Pretty much a perfectionist method of the conjugate method. Yep. You know, we we try to constantly rotate the exercises to bring up weaknesses, whether it be upper body, lower body, core stability, whatever the case may be. We're constantly rotating the exercise. You'll never do the same lifts twice. Yep. You know, and then so you know, sometimes you'll do the same lifts twice in a week, but your body's constantly guessing. Yeah. You know, and what
1: I realized is, like, what I'll do is, like you said, rotating. So I might take and a pretty legit accessory uh piece and use the same movement in those pieces through like a three-week wave, kinda like you would do with your lifting cycles. And what I found with the CrossFitter is they like change, they like different stuff, but they also get bored of stuff very easily. They're always looking for something different, something more. So with the conjugate method you kind of get away from that. Because you're like, hey, we might hammer these good these kind of good mornings for this two or three week session. Then we might be doing a hip extension. We might be doing this. We might throw bands on this. We might we might do the good mornings with a sandbag, and it'll be there for a few times. But then it's gone. Then it'll come back, and it just kind of keeps them, I think, more in the loop. Yeah, exactly. Crossfitters they get they can get bored. They, no, need, we're, they we're, need constant
0: stimulus. We're the we're the we're the worst when it comes down to yeah. it, man. We I, you get people on this great program, you're following yeah. the program, and then something something in their heads. Flips and they have to do something different they have to go ahead and i mean you just see that with instagram they'll they'll do a kick-ass workout gassing for air on their back but they'll scroll through instagram while they're doing cool down and see something new on there yep. i gotta try that now yep. you know it's just like it's just what we do i mean that's just us as a as a culture yep which is fun it keeps me it, it keeps me engaged as a coach yeah you know Yep. it's not just five by five back squats for yep. every you know every three weeks Yep. so that's constantly keeping us moving changing uh how do have you implemented the system with your athletes are you following a true west side approach or have you modified it a little bit
1: yeah it's it's not true like we talked about it's not a true west side because I just feel like that's impossible uh with crossfitters um we're not we're not just world class power lifters sitting in that that same system like we just talked about we need to change a lot of things um but I do try and really follow the main the main ideas as far as like uh max effort dynamic effort and like i told you i if we're in like a dynamic squat phase <clears throat> i'll mix that max effort into into my med cons if i can yeah like we talked about with barbells going up and trying to get people up to and it, you know and a lot of times people think max effort if we're talking like yes in the true west side they're going for a true max in in a different kind of lift all the time yep um we're not. We're also not going to be able to do that. So sometimes when I think max effort, I think, hey, let's get let's just get as heavy on this lift that we can for today, yeah, and put that stimulus on the body, um, because I think it's it's important. I think it's important that athletes know, hey, we're not every time there's a percentage. Let's not ramp it up and go thirty pounds over because I feel great. There's a, there's a reason for those percentages oh, in, yeah. in those dynamic cycles, um, but I do think there's we still need to put heavy weight on the bar too. So I try and. I try and rotate back between my dynamic stuff in the if we're in a squat cycle for that or a deadlift cycle, and then max lifts on the barbells and wads, and then vice versa. If we're going to go heavy on the barbells, I might try and hit that dynamic stimulus in the wads. And then there's some times where I have them both. I'll go early in the week, late in the week like they do. And and you know, you know the deal. They look at a certain amount of rest in between those days too. We're not always going to get that either. Yeah, exactly. Because... Same thing we talked about. These CrossFitters want to go, go, go. So if you ask them to to back off the legs for seventy two hours and then come, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You, know, you could try and be smart about it. You can you can mix it up in your program and make sure they're not killing themselves. But it's a it's a it's hard to hit exactly a west side. Oh
0: yeah, I mean, you know, Louis says it all the time. You know, you don't, you don't train West Side unless you live at Westside. Yep. So there's no point in trying to simulate exactly what they're doing. Yep. So what we, you know, I tell people all the time, hey, you're, you're not, obviously your goal is to hit a new record. I get that. But if you don't hit a new record, that's not the point. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's impossible to hit a new record every single time you go for a lift. It's yep. just impossible. Otherwise, the world record squat would be 1,800 pounds by now. Yep. You know, if that guy was, st- Dave Hoff was out there squatting every single day. Yep. You know, if he broke a record every time. The goal is to just go as heavy as you can go get that stimulus that you want. Um, for us, you know, here, we'll go for – and because we're CrossFitters, it's not all about max effort. Yep. You know, we we want to be the fittest athletes, not just the strongest athletes. So strength is a huge piece of that. But that's why we'll do three rep maxes and sometimes five rep maxes, you know, because we're still CrossFitters and those are still relevant in what we do. Yep. You know what I'm saying? saying? It's not necessarily relevant in a powerlifting world where you're only going for three lifts in a typical meet. Here you may have to go for a three rep max or a four rep max. Yep. You know it just depends on what competition you go to and what they're going to throw at you on that particular day. So it's important for us to go for those three rep maxes and understand what that stimulus is like too. Yeah, absolutely. And for us, we'll do our you know a lot of times like if we're front squatting right you know you know our regular crossfit programming we're in a front squat cycle right now. We won't front squat in our metcons because that's how I keep and we'll do a max effort this day. Friday, we'll go for dynamic effort. And, uh, you know, during the week, I try to program the workouts to work on the lower back, the glutes, the hamstrings, and the quads a little bit more to build up those front squats around that, you know, yeah. and not around our cycles that we're working on. So it's very similar to what you guys are doing.
1: Yeah, and uh, and I totally agree, like you said, with the three rep and uh, five rep maxes and stuff like that. And that's kind of why I go with the theme of like, hey, we might do uh, five rounds, 400-meter run so many squat cleans and then the the weight of the bar increases every round. Yeah. So now when we get to that last round, we're lifting close to maximum weights for, for some athletes. It might be a little bit less for others. Um at the end of a, a piece though, which is the same thing. We've got to be prepared for that. Exactly. Just like your three or five rep max. We got to be prepared to lift heavy weights under fatigue in workouts. Because yeah. you never know what's gonna like what's the uh in the open, the last few years, you had the double under workout with the total bar. Yep. And the weight kept increasing on the cleans. Yep. Then we had the, we had the pistol box jump bot and the weight kept increasing on the on the power cleans. Yep. Um, and I think some people ended up squat cleaning, depending on how far you got. So I I think about the same thing. We got to be prepared for, for one rep maxes, three rep maxes, heavy barbells under fatigue. Like we got a lot of stuff to try and hammer down. I mean, unless you're go- unless you're at the games,
0: no one has no one has. Goes for those strength events, fresh. Yep. Even at the games, I mean, they did that that clean, the clean ladder. Yep. You know, this past year, but it was on day three. Yep. You know, they were already beat down as much as possible, and they still went for a one, a one room clean that yeah, day. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, so I mean, the there's there's an element of strength that's required, but you also have to have that little bit of muscular endurance under fatigue. Oh yeah. You know, so it's it's a lot different
1: as yeah. far as and I, we operate and it's just one, one last thing to piggyback one thing you said about like when you front squat you're not uh, front squatting in mid-cons we kind of kind of go for the same thing like today today for instance we front squat but it's still to me it's leg day Monday we yeah. we're heavy on the legs Tuesday we're heavy on the upper body and then we kind of mix the rest of the week um, I found that's worked really well but like so today we'll have we front squatted 8x2 we're in, a, we're in the last week of a wave for dynamic and then what we did is we did a lot of wall balls in the in the medcon so we did rowing running and wall balls, but basically you're getting a whole bunch of leg accessory right there. No oh, yeah you know? and now there's some, there was another accessory piece with the lower back, um, some hip extensions and stuff like that but I mean we hammered away an accessory in the medcon too. How do you choose your
0: uh, reps and do, you, do you, how do you choose your rep schemes like eight it, by twos, six by
1: threes, whatever? Yeah, well what I do is I try and hit same thing, I look at the I look at the charts they use. Right. Yeah. And I try and hit certain percentages for a certain amount of reps, because you yeah. got your optimal amounts, then we got you can go a little bit above and then you got subpar. I'll never go below optimal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll give us a little more because like I said, we're we're crossfitters. So when I'm in a certain percentage range, I'm looking for a certain amount of reps. Yeah. In that in that uh in that rep scheme. So now I was telling you last time we're working with the bands. So we don't have we don't have the bands measured out exactly for everybody, yeah, so we're playing a little bit that's always the challenge, yeah, we're playing a little bit with our percentages. We're not gonna go exactly like fifty twenty five like they are um but I know I know what the bands are remotely close to for each athlete that's working with me right now, so I'm trying to to hit that. Proper percentage for everybody, and it's go it's going well. People are moving well. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the results. Yeah, won't really know until we see when everything's done. We're gonna cycle through this wave, back off, and then go through one more, and then I'll know. Yeah, Uh, then I'll have my answer. But that's one thing I'm willing to do too. And I'm lucky to have people that are willing to work with me. Is like if it doesn't work, I'm not gonna do it again. If it works really well, you're damn right, we're gonna do it again. You gotta
0: trust. You gotta trust the. You gotta trust the coach. Trust the process. Like we we talk about all the time. I mean, understanding that. Hey, man, this is all. It's it's a rough science, yeah. you know. So it's like you, you may you may hit a new winter max, and a good coach is going to go back to the drawing board, regardless. Even if you PR, you still go back to the drawing board oh, yeah. and try to fucking try to figure out, hey, did I do that right? You yeah. know, yeah. Just because some one person PR, but seven
1: didn't, yeah. you know, what do you do? We did a five three one cycle. Yeah, um, we played with that. I wanted to just kind of get away from everything and mix it up for a few weeks to give. And that went very well. Yeah. That that you know, and that's been around forever because it works. Yeah. Right? So but it's one of those things too, like the people have to be willing to do it. And that was very successful for the whole gym. We did that we did that from the the most competitive athlete to the everyday person that showed up and actually did the cycle every day that we had it applied. Everybody seen a lot of gains. The people that did what we asked. Sometimes people like, Hey, no, I'm not I know what that says, but I'm still doing this. But
0: you know, you said mentioned five three one, you know, Jim Wendler who came up with that system, where is he from? Yeah. Westside. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's
1: he's a Westsider. I mean that's so, that's, I mean, that's, they, that's amazing they, too, that the amount of people that come out of there and have the the amount of success they have.
0: Yeah. I mean you got you got Dave Tate, you got Mark Bell, you got Jim Wendler, all these guys that come out of Westside and then you
1: know one guy who I really like I've kind of taken a liking to, is uh, Matt Winning. Matt Winning, yeah, Went exactly. Because you know, I feel like he's closest to what we're doing, trying to do. He's not working with CrossFitters, but he's working with people who are trying to be more fit, per se, than, yeah. just, than just strong. So I think some of his ideas really relate.
0: Again, extremely to we're smart, too. And then you look at those guys, and they're just like, they're beefy powerlifters, and you think that they don't know anything. But then you listen to them talk about science and why oh, they're doing shit. what they're doing. And they can name you every muscle group and how hard that muscle group is working. They study their yeah craft kind of,
1: so hard. Winning is extremely intelligent. Yeah, listening to him sometimes I have to. And I'm not afraid to admit it, folks. I I have to rewind and re-listen to some things he says because I'm like, well, I'm not smart enough to catch that. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, cha- he trains.
0: He uh, trains. You know, he trains guys for the NFL draft. He got he trains guys for a tactical. Athlete. I know he does a lot of work with. Uh, Seals out in California, yeah. and uh, he's you know he's constantly reinventing his craft. Yeah, you know, and if you're if you're a coach, you're not looking at your craft and trying to, where am I messing up? What can I improve on? You know, you're not you're not really acting like a coach. You're yeah. like a, just somebody just reading a book and then regurgitating knowledge.
1: I had this discussion the other day with somebody about programming. and we was talking about like the, the layout of programming and, and having so much in advance, and I was like, yeah, it's easy to show a cycle you know, let's say a squat cycle or something like that or or a planned out Olympic lifting cycle in advance. Yeah, anybody could do that. Yeah. Right? But when it comes to my actual program as a whole, I'll go in on Tuesday and change something for Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. I'm 100% agree with that. Because I'm you, you've learned day by day what's working, what's not working, or you might see... All right, my majority of athletes are really kind of fatigued here. It's probably not a good idea that I got to send it anymore. And you can't be afraid to change it.
0: Oh, I, I learned that first first year I opened. Like we, I did three weeks at a time, and you know, this is it. This is the program. But if, for I mean, in a very simple sense, if guys tear on the pull up bar on Friday, how are you going to do toes to bar on Monday? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. you you can't be scared to change. Or, you know, in a much more uh, you know advanced setting, you know, hey. We did our front squats. Guys are, guys are struggling out of the bottom. Everybody's struggling out of the bottom. How do I bring up the hip strength? You know? Yep. Doing, doing push yep. presses is probably not the best benefit for what we want to do yep. on Monday now. So I have to change up everything to you know, advance what my goal is as a programmer.
1: I agree 100%. You know? yeah. I'll go in there and change it. I, no lie. I've changed stuff three or four days a week just because I've been like, you know what? Or I'll see like a workout I wrote on Monday. And it, the workout could still be fine, but it might might not have gone the way I expected. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's more of the stimulus I was looking for tomorrow. I got to change tomorrow's workout. Really make sure it's what I was looking for today. Exactly. You know, like, and if, if you're if you're you have too much of an ego to do that, you're not trying to help yourself or your athletes. In yeah. my
0: opinion. I mean, I've I've seen it many times like I have Sugar wad on my computer screen all the time because I'm constantly looking at. It. Okay, I planned for this workout to take 15 minutes. They got it done in 10. All right, so now I have to increase the stimulus for tomorrow yeah. because they finish way faster than my intended stimulus for today. And if you're not, again, if you're not doing that, you're you're missing the point. You're just yeah. you're you're letting your
1: ego dictate. Yes, yeah, one of two things: either your ego is dictating, or you're just clueless to what you're doing, and you're just rolling with numbers and punches and throwing a program. out. Yeah, there.
0: I tell people all the time. Like that's another thing too. Yeah. I mean, people are like, oh, this is a great workout. You should do it. And I look at it, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, but what's the point of that workout? Yeah. You know, I can create – any workout can dish, leave an athlete gas on the floor gasping for air. Yeah. Anybody can do that. But didn't – was the stimulus met. Yeah. you know? And a lot of times, like I've, I talked to somebody about this morning, you know, sometimes it's not about gasping for air at the end of the workout. Sometimes it's, it's mental strength of holding on to the barbell. Your goal today is to just to go unbroken. Yeah. I don't care how long yeah. this workout takes. But when you pick up that barbell, you're not going to put it down for this entire set.
1: Yeah. You know? We had a today's workout was it was every five minutes for five rounds. It was row two fifty, run two hundred, thirty-five unbroken wall balls. So now you're talking on the competitive end, most workouts you'll see is not gonna have more than 150 wall balls. Yeah. So we hit we hit that one hundred to one fifty a lot. But we've been kind of building up so today's 175 that's a big number but some of these competitive athletes they they train so much that it's really not for them but that workout to me is different stimulus for different people yeah like i got a couple athletes where it's like hey you just need to be able to do 35 wall balls unbroken every time you pick it up i don't care how tired you are like your goal is to do these 35 unbroken and then for somebody else who's who might be more fit in those movements it's like hey your time should be here and should not go above this time for this whole workout. Like you should be able to push, pick that thing up, going broken. You have enough recovery time in these five-minute windows that you can push this thing. So that's another thing. You should be able to take one workout and it might have on that day it might have three different stimuluses depending on your people. Yeah, exactly. You know? so. I mean, I deal with it with a lot of uh, you know.
0: Even if even if this is again, if competing in crossfit's not your thing, if you're Goal, you know, a lot of people's just goals to be fit, and so I tell people, Hey, man, your goal today is to do this workout not scaled. To push, I know you can do these deadlifts, yeah, I know you can do this run, and I know you can do these wall walls, whatever you know, whatever workout it is. And you'll see a lot of people they let their brains shut off. I'm gonna scale this workout, yeah. Well, why are you scaling? Yeah, you know, when you leave the gym, life throws chaos at you, you don't have any choice at that point, you can't scale life. Life is what it is. So I mean, even on that less competitive sense, like if you're not trying to, you know, in the gym, I tell people, this is this as controlled as it gets. Yep. You know, once you leave here, that's when chaos kicks in. Yeah. So if you can't force yourself to just do these deadlifts because I know you're capable of doing these deadlifts, then what are you going to do when life just those all types? You can't quit on
1: that. It just is what it is. I agree. And I think that's inside inside the everyday uh, CrossFit. Life, I think that's the biggest battle is you have the athletes who who we need to, at some point, they need to learn that scaling is going to help them. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, get the proper stimulus in this workout. Listen to what the coaches are telling you. If you do this workout 20 pounds under the weight, you're going to end up doing it right, and you're going to get more out of it. You're going to become more fit somehow by lifting less weight. Right, a lot of people don't understand that. They don't understand you're looking to move the barbell in in a, a certain kind of uh, speed or a certain amount of reps, certain you know whatever the, the case may be that day. But then to go with what you said, that's the other hand. There's some people who can do workouts RX but never do, and they need to. Yeah, like we need to be able. to. So that's the fine line. Like I think that's where you become. That's where you you know who who really cares about their job inside the gym and who's really uh. Who's really giving it the honest effort because you need to be able to find those athletes and understand what push they need, whether it be up or down, left or right exactly you know?
0: um, so going back to this conjugate system, uh, do you disagree with any, any parts of the system? I know you mentioned it the other day you don't have too many disagreements No
1: not too many disagreements just just the fact that we got to kind of play with it a little bit like we we just as as crossfit programmers we have. So many things to hit on, not just three main lifts. So we can't sit exactly in uh, the perfect West Side system, but as far as conjugate goes, if you deem that word however you want, I think there's really no nothing to disagree with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only the only thing we talked about the other day is
0: it's, again not a disagreement. I just we just do less band and chain work here yep, yep. for the squats, and just because those guys are lifting and geared geared lifting, so where they miss at the top. We, our athletes were missing at the bottom yeah. so they were never getting that stimulus of that heavy weight at the bottom when the bands and the chains are deloaded so they may only have 135 pounds at the bottom of the squat but they can't lift it out because yep. as soon as the bands hit they fail yep. so we started uh we not saying we don't do bands and chains we just do less of it focus more on the raw aspect yep. of lifting but uh yeah i agree with you it's just it's, it's hard to disagree with it if you're talking about true conjugate which is constantly rotating the movements and the accessories and everything else to build up the
1: weaknesses that you have. I think and I think that's I mean we've mentioned it a few times already that the the word accessory is is the key. Whether whether you're in a a CrossFit class and you only have an hour, um, or if you're you're a competitive CrossFit athlete that has a bunch of time, you gotta try and find a way to get the smart Amount of accessory in, or whatever you can do, you know. And it's not going to be every day, especially programming for an everyday class. If you got a lift, and you have, a, and you got to get a weight medcon in, like you can't fit accessory in every single day. People, people are coming in there looking to sweat, looking to work out. You know, that's where you, if you're a smart programmer, you can fit it into your wads too. Yeah. So,
0: you know, going to that, you know, if you, if there's a, if there's someone listening who doesn't have a lot of time, they have to go work, or they go home, take care of the kids, or whatever they don't have a lot of time post workout what's your go to accessory that you
1: oh, we talked about this last time and uh I would say you know talking about time and and getting it done i would say the the good morning it, to me is is a key accessory you can do the good mornings uh, high reps with a band you could do good mornings uh moderate to high reps with an empty barbell you could do good mornings five by five with some heavier weight uh, and it really doesn't take you a, a ton of time especially if you just did a a medcon, and you're looking to get done. You're fairly warmed up. If you get that barbell out or that band out and start, you know, getting that good morning, good morning movement going, you could find a way to get that in. Oh yeah, it's you it's know? such
0: a simple movement that can be done with kettlebells, dumbbells, barbells, yep. bands. So I mean, there's really nothing stopping somebody from just going home and having 20 extra minutes to go ahead and do yeah. some good morning, And I'm going to
1: throw in I didn't bring this up last time but it got me thinking and I, I mention it at the gym all the time because I feel like it's so crucial to what we do but it's so basic that people look at it and they're like oh I'm not doing that um, it's hollow rocks. Right? So if you if you super set a good morning and a hollow rock you can get a really good workout Man. and then you're helping yourself because to me the hollow and the superman are the key to everything we do on the rig as well. Yeah. Right? So Teach yourself that movement. If, if you're somebody that wants to do well on the rig, that, that, that hollow rock and a Superman hold or Superman rock, if, you, if you're getting a little more strength there, is, uh, are just vital. Because once you get on the rig, if you have control in those movements, then a, then a coach can teach you to move towards your kipping pull-up, your total bar, your butterfly, whatever it is. But if you can't control those parts of your body for those movements, that, that's where you need to start.
0: I think some people get so caught up on sit-ups, you know, GHG sit-ups and the hollow rock is so much more, it's so much harder. It's proven. I mean, I would, I mean, if you want to talk about a core strength and exercise and, you know, I, I see this a lot with people like when it comes down to, you know, sit-ups don't necessarily work your abs because your abs are held isometrically the whole time. It's more of a hip flexor exercise yeah. more than it is an abdominal exercise. So if you're, if you're just going to sit isometrically anyway, sit, do hollow rocks. Yeah. And like you say, throw some good
1: mornings in there. You'll be—it's dis- no, a perfect combo.
0: Yeah, you'll destroy yourself. That's awesome. Um, you know, you know, speaking of programming and all this other stuff, you know, if we were watching the Fittest documentary the other day while we were trying to do this, and uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about programming at the games and everything else. I, I don't want to be critical of it. I mean, I thought this year's this year's personally was one of the best programmed CrossFit events I'd ever seen. I thought it was a well well done programming
1: um what are your thoughts on the programming of the games uh just like i guess the the main complaint from everybody was if the the order of the program with the cuts some some of the mainstream crossfitters quote-unquote getting left out because because maybe it wasn't your traditional crossfit events early yeah um as a fan like sitting back looking yeah would you would you like to see those people maybe in the in the final day or so or whatever in those final workouts um, but it, the workouts themselves I thought were awesome I, I'm not going to sit here and critique <laughs> the, the people running those workouts by any means because they're doing something at a level that I haven't even sniffed or probably never will um, but just I guess the only complaint would be yeah we would like to see some of those people not get cut so early but at the end of the day the the fittest people we've known for the last however many years ended up winning. Win- so I think, I think they did something right. And if you were prepared for for anything, you you would be where you're supposed to be. And I think those people that did get cut are going to make sure they're prepared for just about anything next time.
0: I mean, the the first three workouts, which was the run, legless rope kind of squat snatch. Then you had the row. See now that's probably one of the best workouts ever. Work, work best. I mean, simple. There's nothing. There's nothing to it. But ninety-five percent of the people in the world couldn't do it in the entire cap yeah. that you wanted them to do it in. Yeah. I mean legless rope climb and then squat snatch one eighty five. Yeah. I mean you've got to be an elite athlete to do yeah. that. And under the time cap that they were saying. That was you know, an awesome workout. Man. What a what a phenomenal workout. And then I did the uh I tested. See I I can't squat snatch one eighty five for that many reps. You got you got me for maybe two, three reps at that's, that's about it. But uh I tested the the row kettlebell push press and handstand walk and that one right there destroyed me had no idea I mean I felt just you know Matt Frazier talks about it. he's like kicked up to his handstand he was like what the yeah, hell yeah. man I kicked up for my first handstand fell straight down usually that's that was the part that yeah, I thought you're, that you're, actually, you're good at handstand I, I, can, yeah. do, I can do yeah. gymnastics man as soon as I kicked up to that handstand I fell straight down I was like <laughs> what just happened but what an awesome uh, concept of a workout so yeah
1: I mean just just to put a final stamp on my answer, I guess is I I really got no complaints about the program. When you sit back and watch something like that, I'm just amazed by the fact that those those people, even the ones who get cut, like even the worst score in some of those events, those guys are doing pretty damn good. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So it's 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 always fun for me to watch. That's how I
0: take it. So, uh this is more of a like combined question here, you know, how do you program your mechons
1: into your strength program and how many mechons do you guys typically do a day? Uh, like I talked about a little bit earlier, if, if, uh, depending on kind of what my goal is in the strength, I kind of, I try and, I try and hit other pieces maybe of even strength in the med cons, like we talked about with dynamic and max. So if I'm squatting dynamic on dynamic effort, we don't really split it in days. Like we talked about, I'll do it throughout the week. Cause right now we're squatting twice. We're squatting on Monday. We're front squatting and back squatting. Yeah. So I'm trying to hit my, if we hit heavy lifts. It's strength-wise, it's going to be in a medcon right now. We're doing some barbell cycling at yeah, percentage works, it's, which I, I, I call it practice. You know, we're we're, we're moving at weights so that we can move well. Trying to get people to move well, barbell cycle well. Focus on on their movement, feeling their hips, feeling their body, feeling staying grounded, as opposed to worrying about the weight on the damn bar. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like we should not be missing a single rep when we do these. Yeah, right. The biggest issue when the set is done should be. If you have somebody with you, your buddy or your coach, is hey, how did that look? Did I look? Was it was I moving well? Did I did I come off balance? You know, or if you have a video, that's what you should be looking for. Um, and then as far as just working it in with the med cons, it's 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 a day by day thing. Like I talked about today, the wall balls to me were a huge piece of our accessory work today. We did 175 reps. That's a lot of reps. Yeah. Um, on a leg day, you know, but that's the goal. If I'm in the gym, I'm probably scaling that number. Right? Because I don't want people coming in and they haven't worked out in two weeks and they're, they're going to come and do 175 wall balls, they're not going to come back. Right? They're not doing a bad job. So we, as far as being in the gym, I would have to vary a lot of things. But being outside the gym right now, the people I'm working with, like right now, they they can do that. I have a couple other athletes that I'm working with. I, I text them and I recommend, hey, probably do 20 wall balls here instead of 35. You know, like it's a big number. Yeah, yeah. So so, so that, that's it man I just work uh, it's a day by day process of if we're in a dynamic effort cycle as we are now I'll lift I'll put the heavier barbells in the workouts and then if we're if we're lifting heavy I'll put more moderate weights in the workouts and try and balance each other out
0: yeah so. I mean I think that's I, just <clears throat> caveat to that I think what a lot of people fail to realize is that you know accessory work is all individual waste yep. you know if you're a if you're a beast of a strength athlete What's the point in doing more bench press, more strict shoulder press? Yeah. You know, however, going 21 wall balls may be what destroys you. Yeah. You know, so pushing for 22, 23 wall balls. Put the, bar, put the ball down, catch your breath, go for another set of 21, 22. You know, whatever the case may be, pick that number in your head, whatever that number is, and go hard on it. Yeah. You know, go unbroken on those wall balls. So don't only, like when it comes down to accessory work, it doesn't always have to be strength work. You have, you know metabolic conditioning hey 30 seconds all out assault bike could be an accessory part of oh, yeah. your training program yep. you know if you if we did a workout today that didn't involve the assault bike man if you're someone that is hurting on the assault bike get on the assault bike and push hard for 30 seconds yep. if you can't hold for 30 seconds scale it down to 20 seconds 15 seconds whatever the case may be all out sprint wherever that peak you know build up that lactate threshold when you're doing these workouts
1: yeah 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 you know the Kind of what you just talked about is something we talk about a lot. Like, you need to focus or, or be intentional in the piece. Like you said that for one athlete, if you're doing that assault bike piece you just talked about, it might be 30 seconds that you can hold so much RPMs, right? But for me, whatever that goal is, it might it might be 16 seconds. Yeah. But I need to know that, right? So if we, we go back and cycle through this, my goal now or my intent is to get that to 20 seconds. Yeah. Right? Then. Like you, you a lot of times I think people just go through the motions of like hey all right I got to go five rounds bike at 85 RPMs until I fall underneath however long that may take yeah. rest repeat and then they then they just do it they don't even think like they don't even they're not even concerned what the time was they're not even concerned if their times are relatively close how much did they fall off like you need to have a focus on what you're doing
0: like, yeah I mean especially on the soul bike I mean, we get so caught up on calories, calories, calories. You know, what's your wattage? Yeah. When did your wattage fall off? Yeah, that's
1: your that's your tolerance level. Yeah. You know, so we use you, we use the RPMs. Yeah, um, a lot of people use the wattage. Yeah, uh, we we always talk in RPMs. I think it's just. I mean, yeah, whatever metric you're you're yeah, going off of because of, of as long as
0: you're using the same piece of equipment. Because if the you're same on, note. if yeah, if
1: you're as long as you're
0: on the same piece of equipment. Whatever metric you're going off of, don't only focus on calories. Look at look at your wattage. Yeah. What wattage am I falling off of? Or for your case, RPMs, what RPMs mm-hmm. am I falling? Yep. Does does everything start to, do I hit that and we all know what that wall is. Yep. You know? So tomorrow I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna hold out for eighteen seconds. Yep. That's my goal. I'm yep. gonna hold out for eighteen seconds today. And you build up that lactate th- yep. threshold, you know, during these workouts.
1: And it's and it's relative, you know. And it's it's relative to the workout too. If we're talking just bike sprints and we're that's what we're going for, then that's what we're going for. But let's say it's the bike in a wad, and you're coming back to it so many rounds, and you learn and say five rounds, and you got to do fifteen cows every time. But you know, at about nine cows, your RPMs are dropping drastically. Pay attention to where you're at, and then start lower next yeah. time. Like start. Instead of being at 70 RPMs and dying down to a 58, 59, start at a 62, 63 and try and keep it there the whole workout. Yeah. Right? And and that's something I've personally, personally have have had to work on a lot. Like I get on a machine early and I feel great. And then I get on a machine in the second or third round and I am drastically below where I was. So I I put a lot of focus into trying to get better at that. And it's going way better. My row has gotten way better. The bike, it's better. But... Like anything, it could be better. Yeah. But like it just, and I think as a coach, when you focus on that stuff as an athlete, it helps you be able to communicate it too. Yeah. Like when you start realizing, wait, this is smarter, this is better. I'm maybe never be as good as some of these people, but I, the intent we're looking for, I can explain. Yeah, you know? exactly. For sure. All right. We're going to pause right there for a second. Uh, we're going
0: to regroup real quick and we'll be right back. All right guys, we're back. Uh we just got talking about uh we just got done talking about the, you know, programming your methcons and the strength program and how many programs you do a day. Um but uh, you know, another thing that's, you know, critical, critical in, you know, our world is rest days. You know, how many rest days do
1: you guys program throughout the week? A uh, program in a perfect world would be two. Uh, a lot of times on a Thursday we might do like a a long slow cardio piece. But uh In a perfect world, I think you should probably have two days. It's usually Thursday, Sunday. It's kind of what has traditionally always been at CrossFit Solify. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what's molded into pretty much everybody in there, no matter what they're doing. Um, As far as the gym goes, uh, only Sunday really is a rest day. We have to have a Thursday program. Yeah. And that's another challenge with programming. Um, So you're in the gym, and your program is pretty much written for five days. But you know, somebody might not be able to train on Monday, Tuesday, so they can only come to the gym Thursday. So you have to have a solid workout for the people like Definitely. if you're a, if you're a two day a person two two times a week person at the gym and you're you days you the only days you can come are Tuesday, Thursday. It's not fair to that person in my opinion to have like a a cardio Thursday or a rest day Thursday. Like it's not fair to them because they're paying the same as everybody else. So if they can only come twice a week and they want to get their butts kicked on Thursday I have to give an honest effort there too, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's been a tricky part of programming because you kind of want to – you have a plan with your five days. So you don't want people to overdo it either. But you have to think about those people who might only be able to make it to the gym that day. So you have to have a – there has to be a product there for them and there has to be a – they're looking to get their best hour that day. Yeah, I, th-
0: I think one of the things, you know, people don't understand too, like when it comes down to rest days, is more isn't always better, you know, when it comes down to the volume you're putting yeah. in. And it, and I think uh, Matt Frazier was talking about it in one of the videos I was watching. You know, he thought that if he wasn't trained, he wasn't getting any better. And I think guys lead themselves to injury so fast because they feel if they're not getting all this volume in, crammed in throughout the week, they're wasting time. Yeah. And I understand that, you know, that rest day is there for a reason. That's actually when your muscles grow and repair themselves, yeah. and hit that next day up. You know, for us, you know, when I'm talking about for our typical crossfit program, like you said, we do Monday through Saturday. Sunday's the rest day, because not everybody can make it all the days. If I'm programming for like our or comp- our competitors program and the tactical program that we do, Thursday and Sunday are rest days. And uh, I tell them, hey, if you want to do like an imam or something like that to work on weaknesses, do that. Not, don't don't do anything that's gonna do be too intense, it's gonna beat you down too much. Just do like an active recovery type email yeah. on a Thursday and on a Sunday if you wanna do it. But uh, and the reason we do that is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, three days on gives us our one day off. And then for most crossfit programs, Sundays or it's gonna be Saturday or Sunday is your competition day. Yep. So for me, what I've seen is if you rest the day before a competition usually come in groggy you're still yeah. you know what i'm saying it yeah. takes you that much longer to warm up so friday gives them that you know if i know they have a competition saturday friday's day is usually pretty light work you know skill skill development type stuff and then saturday's your competition day it's an all-out day yeah. you know so we typically program heavy stuff heavy hard work on saturdays knowing that they don't have sunday rest day
1: yeah.
0: you know and it it puts them in the mindset their body in that right frame of mind of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday work, Thursday rest. Friday I'm gonna do some skill development work. Saturday's Saturday's game on. Yep. Saturday's my, my competition day. So that's why we program the way we do for that. And it seems to work out really, really well for us in that sense.
1: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I know that's very common. I'd say probably ninety nine, if not hundred percent of the, the athletes I work with that compete. They they always want to move the day before a come. Yeah, they do, they do not want to rest. It's it's horrible, man. Yeah. I,
0: I feel groggy just yep. the any day and you know that's why Mondays are usually my worst day of the week as far as everything goes. Because Sunday's usually a rest day for me, chilling, yeah. and then Monday I come in and I try to I try to go harder than I should, and it just takes me takes me that much longer to get warmed up, get moving. Usually Tuesday, and Wednesday I'm usually pretty fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. The uh, and, and that's another issue with, with CrossFit. We just, CrossFitters, people that do CrossFit, whether whether you're just a you know, everyday person that goes to the gym and loves to work out or you're somebody that has big-time goals, you're, CrossFitters just want more, man. No. They, it's it's CrossFit and it's today's society, so it's it's hard to get people to, to chill, you know. I'm, I'm the same way, man. If I don't work out, I'm like, I'm going crazy. Yeah. You exactly. know, so I get it. I get it. It took it took years and years. We talked about Nicole G earlier. She used to get so mad at me I wouldn't take rest days and then I'd get hurt and she'd be like, see, I told you. <laughs> you know? So well you live and learn. Here we are. Yeah. I've been hurt a bunch, man. I can tell you that
0: much. What's what do you think is the biggest weakness you see in most CrossFitters?
1: Uh the lower back, as far as the overall you know, CrossFitters as a whole, the lower back, um it's gotta be the weakest. I think, and going back to talking about the good morning, and there's a ton of accessory stuff that we do now that I think has helped uh, drastically yeah. with, with that weakness. Um, the lower back and the hips, probably, I would say, are probably the two weakest points that I've noticed. Some people, you know, you got certain certain athletes where uh, locking out presses yeah. can be can be a weakness. That's a lot more, and this is it is what it is a lot of guys have been the global gym their whole life so you see that a lot more in females like finishing presses whether it's overhead press or bench press um so you could talk about the triceps but i would say as a whole overall be the lower back yeah for
0: sure i mean uh, that's what that's my thinking is too we are so we do we do a lot of pulls yeah. you know clean snatches deadlifts kettlebell swings it's all pulling motions and uh, you can kind of watch people and when they back squat, when they get heavy, whatever quote-unquote heavy is for you. Yeah. You know, you see those hips just shoot right off from underneath them yeah. on the back squats, yeah. you know. And it's just a natural lower back trying to save itself. The hips shoot yeah. underneath them, and it's all over from there. Yeah. Or right. as they're coming halfway up, they end up good morning it up because yep. their lower back just gives out. So, I mean, it's a uh, – it's a weakness for sure and like you said the lower back i mean you guys got one at your gym we got one here that's why you know my go-to accessory piece is those reverse hypers
1: yeah they're awesome
0: i get people on those things i'm just like hey this is what you need to do five sets of 10 four sets of 15 whatever the case you know choose a number in your head whatever reps you want to do get on that thing every single day Yep. and get some blood flow to the lower back and strengthen your lower back and you'll you know first off a lot of your back pain is going to go away with that thing oh man what what an amazing machine that is um, but then, your lifts are just going to go up, yep, because your lower back can handle the loads that you 're trying to put on it. Yep. you know you can back squat all day, but if you never strengthen your lower back you 're never going to get to a point that you know it can support the load that you want to put on the back
1: absolutely, I agree, I agree one hundred percent That reverse hyper is, is gold man uh, being being out of the gym obviously can't use it, um, so I think we've we 've utilized all different types of good mornings. And uh, hip extensions with bands. We we've done a lot of a lot of work with the lower back, and I think it's, I think it's helping a lot. But in, to me, in a perfect world, the gym would have like, and I, and I know it's 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 almost impossible, but I would have ten of those things and oh yeah, and just have the class ro- rotate through it three or four days a week. But you know it's hard when you got a reverse hyper sitting in the corner of the gym to get a class of thirty people to be able to do it or something. It's so. That's one. Of, that's one of the other challenges as far as just talking about everyday programming too. A machine like that, you wish you could use more. Oh yeah, you know? for sure.
0: You know, do uh, you, you have any difference between your program for your competitors or your versus your standard CrossFit programming, or does everybody pretty much do the same? same it's workout? it's
1: pretty much the same. Um, I've had this conversation with so many people. The the strength piece is is exactly the same. Because if you follow the percentages, it's it's built for individuals, yeah. right? That's easy. The um, the med cons are the same for the most part. Sometimes I have to change some weights, right? We got weights written for for an athlete like Matt Burley, yeah, that he could do so many cleans. Ready, set,
0: yeah. Sorry about that. We're back. So yeah, we we're just talking about a you know program between the
1: the competitors and the. Uh, and the regular crossfit program. Yeah, we, uh, they cut out there, so I'll just kind of start over, I'm not sure where it cut out. As far as the strength goes, that, that piece is, is always identical, Um because if you're following percentages, and rep schemes, anybody can do that, it doesn't matter if you're, if it's your first day, or you're, you've been there for five years, you know, if you follow what's prescribed, we can get that done. Now, as far as the med cons go, they're almost, they're almost always the same, I have to make some changes, based on like equipment, or something, if I write a, a competition piece with uh, sandbags. Yeah. We only have so many sandbags. I can't do that for the whole class. So if we're doing sandbag cleans, we'll have a, a heavier power clean in there most times, uh, just to give an example. Um, there's, there's some pieces sometimes like, well, the competitive athletes will do, you know, ring muscle-ups maybe a few days a week. If I'm going to put them in the class, I'm not going to do that a few days a week. Yeah. I'll, I'll have them in there. I'll put them in there. There's some pieces I'll keep the same. Uh, and then if we talk about like just barbell weight uh, at CrossFit Solified, we got some savages. Yeah. So like we'll have some heavy weights and workouts where I will keep it the same for the class, and then it's on the it's on the coach and the athletes to be able to scale appropriately based on the stimulus. But we'll have some we have some athletes, male and female, that can do some some pretty tough workouts. Um, but there's some times where I'll still I will change the workouts because if I I think you do write your program for your best athletes, your strongest athletes, right? So if I'm putting a barbell in there for our strongest male athlete, even with some of our strongest everyday people who are strong as heck, um, there's just some times where that stimulus is just not going to be hit besides by, like, maybe one person. Yeah. So I'll have to change it a little bit. But as a whole, we do pretty much the same thing. And then I would say the biggest difference is the accessory. Like, yeah. I can't put all. I'm. I use a lot of accessory work, and I can't put all that in it's everyday. Bodybuilder in you, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love. I love seeing people. One, I love I, hitting weaknesses, uh, and we're hitting the certain areas that we talked about. Yeah, now, yeah. I think are weaknesses, but then I just think it's good to man get on that damn thing and do a twenty-one, eighteen, fifteen, twelve, nine bench press and barbell curls a few days a week. You walk out of that gym feeling damn good. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's helping you, but it's also you're walking out there, your sleeves are tight, you feel good about yourself, you know. So. I like to mix that stuff in, and I get a lot of good feedback from the athletes in the, in the gym on that. They like that stuff too, so in a perfect world i would I would love to have ninety minutes for a crossFit class, yeah, uh, but we only have sixty,, yeah. so I do got to make some changes, but the the strength in Metcon is almost is almost the same every day. yeah, so That's,
0: yeah for us, it's just the you know the volume that we'll put in um, in our competitors program, will have uh seven more workouts. You know, then the regular CrossFit yep. program. You know, some some of these guys will do two, three Metcons a day. Yeah. You know, whereas our regular CrossFit program, it's just impossible to do that in the hour-long window that you have. Yeah. You know, so... And again, if you're just doing this to be fit, you don't need to do two, three workouts a day. Yep. You know, if you're not competing in the sport of CrossFit. Yep. You know, the only reason you do that is because you got to be prepared to do two, three workouts in a competition. Yeah, when you go to a competition. Yeah. yeah that's almost, hard for people to understand that. They
1: see people doing something and they're like well how come they're doing that and i'm not i'm like they have different goals like this person doing these two or three workouts is going to do competitions that have probably more than two or three workouts so they have to be prepared for that volume it it doesn't mean they're actually uh gonna gonna look better or feel better than you they're probably gonna feel worse yeah exactly but if you're just coming in here to get fit every day really really focus on this one or two workouts do it 100%, do it with the proper intensity, do it correctly, and uh, you'll probably get more out of it in that one hour uh, if it's done right. Yeah, For exactly. your goals, then this person who's doing two or three workouts because they're working towards a competition that might have four or five, might be a whole weekend worth of working out. Yes, yeah, why I, they're trying to acquire that volume. I, t-
0: I tell people all the time, too, because like, when it comes down, like, you just, the workout friend, which is 21:59 of thrusters and pull-ups, if we uh, – if I gave you Fran and told you you have this whole hour to do it, you're not gonna get a workout in that hour. Yep. You took forty five reps of each and you had the whole hour, you you didn't do a workout. Yep. If you go as hard as possible and get it sub three minutes, you're under, you got a workout. Yep. You know? Now, if I program Fran for my competitive athletes after two metcons, you know, because only twenty one fifteen nine should be a sub five minute workout. If it takes them four minutes and it took you two minutes, you know, who's the fitter athlete? You know, it's it's hard to say, you yeah. know, at that point. Yeah. You know, they did not get a full test. But at the, if they go to a competition, you know, Fran may come up at the very last of the workouts, being able to do it. That's the only reason they're doing Fran at the end of the workout. It's not necessarily because they're fitter than you. Yeah. It's because I want them to be conditioned to do a workout later on in that day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In that sense. So don't, you know, if you give it, if you give Fran twenty one fifty nine an all out effort, a true all out effort, you don't need another workout that day.
1: You're right. <laughs> you were you were done in that three to five minute window. You're right. You know, and that's where also let's talk about Fran real quick. Cause this is a good learning point. Um, that's also where where properly scaling the workout helps you. If you go in and you do, if you try and do Fran, and yeah, you can do some pull ups, singles here and there, and you you can do a. 95 pound thruster, but you got to drop it every five reps. You're not getting, you're not getting what you're supposed to, right? So, so doing Fran, for anyone that's listening, that cares, listen to your coach or, or uh, seasoned athletes. Like you might want to do it with, With ring rows and a really light barbell, like that thing is supposed to be held on to. You're supposed to go right to the next movement. You're supposed to pick the bar right back up and do them unbroken. You're supposed to go right back to the ring rows or the assisted pull ups, whatever it is. And it's not all about the weight there or the movement that you can do. Yeah, maybe you can do it, but if you do the workout right, you're going to get more out of it. Yeah, and I tell people, you know,
0: don't, you do Fran one time. The next time you do friend, you got to do exactly the same way you did last time. If you yeah. did jumping pull-ups, even if you can do pull-ups this time, do jumping pulps. When you smoke your time, now we can change things up. Yeah. But we got to make sure we're fitter first before we actually start changing what you did, yeah. you know. And you know, I'm a self-taught crossfitter, I I, I started crossfit before there was any CrossFit gyms. And uh, I didn't know, you know, I, was, I did I started here, but Soulify wasn't open yet back off Ashton City Road. Sulfide wasn't here when I started, and uh, when I came back, you know, Sulfide was you know open. They had Ashley Road, you know, location, and we were going, and I didn't realize what I didn't know. Yep. You know, I didn't realize how bad my technique was, yeah. and how much easier it is if I had just started with somebody teaching me. But again, I was an ego guy, and I didn't let you know. I didn't seek out advice on how yep. to learn something, so I was just watching the videos and going to town. And I didn't realize how bad my range of motion was on my squad and how, you know, my power cleans look like crap. Um, if you, you will shorten that curve so much if yeah. you just listen to, you know, let your ego go for a second, listen to the person talking to you, try, try what they're telling you to do. Yeah. And you, I mean, your fran time will go from 10 minutes to five minutes in, t- you know, in a two month period. Yeah. Rather than trying to muscle it through. And then not understanding why you're taking three days to recover after Fran. Yeah, Fran is one of those workouts that it should be it should beat you down that day, but the next day you should you should be feeling pretty fresh coming. Yeah, you there, could
1: right? you should <laughs> be fine. You're right. And it, like you said, it just right. goes to to attacking the right stimulus and getting out of it where you're supposed to. For sure.
0: You know, speaking of Fran, what's your favorite benchmark? Do you guys do you, you test with your athletes?
1: Oh man, well uh, we talked about this. I I really don't. I really don't have an individual uh, an individual benchmark. Like, we go back to Fran real quick. Like, when you get super fit, like, your Fran ain't going to really get much better. Right? Like, you're going to get to a point where you're... You literally you're a, can't go any if faster. If you do a yeah. better Fran, it might be a second. Now, on the other hand, you could find out if you fell off pretty damn good if you repeat Fran. Absolutely. And you're, and you're 30 seconds behind, you... You might need to kick it back into gear, right, Where you're, wherever you're at in your training. If you were at that level, um, if you're in the, if you're in a certain level and you're fluctuating a little bit there, time-wise, it's not that big of a deal. But if you're somebody that's at the top of your game and you drop off 30 seconds there in your friend, that's 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 a good test right there, right. But as a whole, I'm not I'm not really into that kind of workout. I thought about this more since we talked about it last time, and I don't really, like I said, I don't have a favorite, but I might. I might use this more as a go-to as I go forward is uh is Diane. Yeah. Because you're you're mixing some strength there and some and some gymnastics. And you could really find out uh you could really find out where you're at in kind of two different realms in one workout. So, hey I might start. Ed, I might throw that in here in a little bit, and then kind of rotate that, and I'll give you more feedback. Fair, fair, fair warning there, guys. Yeah, I give you. I give you feedback on that in the future, just you know, personally between me and you, what I think. Um, but, but that's that. I know you said yours is DT, DT right? DT
0: yeah. for uh, barbell cycling, Cindy for gymnastics, and then uh, 500 meter row for, for time. Just sprint on the yeah. rower. Those are my three go-to's as far as testing our athletes to see where they're at. Um you know, and again, they may be they may be off, they may be on, it just might be an off day, but it's for me as a as a programmer, I can see if I, like again, I'm not always worried just about the time. Are they holding on to the barbell cycling the hang cleans? Yep. You know, are they drop you know, are they dropping the bar every ten seconds? Yeah. You know, I know that something's off with them. Yeah. So there's there's that for sure that I have to look
1: at. Yeah, we do we uh I do like a two K row. I like a 2K row. I think that's a great test. Um I do I like a mile run as well, but I think a 2K row is a better test because you're you get out on a mile run, it depends on where you are, it depends on what the weather's like. Yeah, it there's so many on, factors. You get on that rower in the gym and you gotta go 2K, it's a it's a it's an aer- it's an aerobic test, it's a mental test. You know, it's you're testing a lot of things there. Sitting on that rower trying to hold that pace, knowing you might know in your head, like, hey, I could be going a little bit harder in this, right? Like, you really got to push on that thing. So I think it's good to have a good a good knowledge of your 2K road time, and you can find out where you're at with that, too.
0: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. That's a good that's We a good test
1: one. that at the gym uh, quite often, to be honest with you. I'll throw that in there. I'll yeah, like man,
0: because you hit that 1,000-meter mark, you're like, man, I'm only halfway done. Yeah, I like like, it. It's
1: it's a nasty test. Uh,
0: You know, I saw you guys were trying intermittent fasting, you know, but you know, how'd that go
1: for you? And what's your diet look like these days? Well, <clears throat> with the intermittent fasting, anything I ever posted on that, I was breaking uh, chops with uh, you know Joe Neal and uh, and Matt Burley. They were they were doing some intermittent fasting. Uh, shout out Joe, by the way. Joe's the man. Uh, Joe and Matt. I've learned a lot from both those guys. Um, definitely didn't learn intermittent fasting from them. <laughs> nah, but they were. I think Matt still messes with it a little bit. Uh, Joe did it for a while I know I think I think they were both Pretty happy with it I never really messed with it So You know Whatever I put out there About it I was kind of joking Messing with those guys Uh, What I found works For me personally Is uh, Counting macros Yeah When you When it's done right It's To me it's dummy proof If you have somebody With knowledge telling you Yep And you do it right It's It's just like anything It's on It's on the individual Like If you if you have somebody who has knowledge of macros and they're helping you and and you're turning around saying it's not working, you're not doing you're not doing what they're asking you to do. I firmly believe that because um, there's people that they can make the adjustments they need to make. And if you're – they can't sit there and hold your hand, though. You know, I can't walk you around all day and hold your hand. I'm, me, personally, I can speak on it because when I've done it correctly, I've, I've gotten fitter than I ever had been. But it's yeah. very easy for me to go get a 12-pack of Miller Lite and a pizza – and not hit my macros. Right? Yeah. But I know who messed up. So I'm never going to turn around and say, oh, the macros don't work. You know, and it might be intermittent fasting. It might be keto. I truly believe all those things work. No, oh, yeah. you got to find what works for you um, and what you're willing to stick to and what kind of fits your, your level of attention and consistency.
0: Yeah, for, without a doubt, uh, you know, weighing and measuring your food, there's no way… There's no way around it. It's going to work. Yeah. If you weigh and measure your food correctly, you know, um, for me, I found that it's just too stressed out. Like, I, we get too stressed out trying to hit my macros. Yeah. Um, I, only, a bad, I asked the question, like, cause, yeah, because I, I do intermittent fasting now and I've never felt better. Do you like it? I love it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it falls in line with, like, you know, I, I very much study, like, stoicism now. Yeah. Um, and it comes down to, you don't need this food. You want this food. Yeah. So, it forces me to just put these urges down and you know if i take that concept that i apply to my fitness you know for me you know something like the assault bike kicks my ass and uh i say to myself all the time you don't need to slow down you want to slow down yeah you absolutely. know and so if i can teach myself that with food you know it's the same concept i you know i don't, I don't need this food i want this food if i can just hold out to, you know for me my window is 12 o'clock in the afternoon to 8 o'clock at night and uh if I could just hold out to 12 o'clock, I just teach myself discipline. Yep. You know, and I applied that to the gym. Don't take your, you know, I, I see it all the time, and I'm, I'm just as guilty as this. You take your feet off the pedals, and you start just pedaling with your arms. Yep. You know, and, rea- and if you look at it, it's the dumbest thing you could possibly do because you're not going it nearly as yep. hard. You might as well just slow down with your legs. Absolutely. You know, you're not making it any easier for yourself. Yep. You know, you just want to take your feet off the pedals. Now I have to tell myself, put your feet back on the pedals. Don't stop pedaling. Yeah. You know, slow down if you got to, but don't take your feet off the pedals.
1: Yeah. You know? Well, like you said, man, that the, you, that what you hit was key, man. Like you said, it, your the intermittent fasting. It's you really like it. It works. You think it's working great for you. I think that's the key with whatever kind of nutrition plan or diet somebody finds. Yeah. Like if if it's not working for you, you got to find what's going to work for you. Yeah. Or maybe. It, maybe it's just you. You know, you got to look into that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, are you are you disciplined enough to stick with this yep. diet? You know, dieting is you know, dieting sucks for everybody when they start off. I and mean, nobody nobody goes from eating the, the McDonald's Wendy's fast food diet yep. to eating healthy, and it's easy for anyone.
1: Yeah, we're all in the same boat. I'll you, tell you right now, man. I you, I, I may not ever be the best fitness person in the world, but I'll go in the gym and work out with you for seven hours. I'm not gonna let anybody outwork me. You might be better than me, you might be stronger than me, you might be faster than me. To me, that's easy. Working out is easy. The the stuff outside of the gym is the hardest part by far. Yeah. So if you you gotta try and find what works for you, man. And and whether it's intermittent fasting, macros, like I said, keto, any of those things, it, I firmly believe all the information out there, all the experts, that's this stuff is working. Like it's not only keto working, only macros working, only intermittent. A lot of this stuff is out there because it's working for large groups of people. Yeah. So just find out which one works for you. For sure. Uh,
0: you know, we're in we're in the summertime now. I'm hoping this happens. You know, you know, go back to the the CrossFit Games. You got any uh, any predictions for the games this year, Any updates you think is going to happen? Oh, hopefully man. it happens. <laughs> I
1: don't. I'll be honest with you. I. As long as Matt Fraser keeps doing what he's doing, I don't know if he's going to be beat. You never know. It's just like any sport. There's There could always be a changing of the guard. Somebody comes out of nowhere and they just hit their prime. But you're going to have to be in a pretty damn good prime to beat uh, him or Tia right now. So
0: I, I was you know I was at the games last year and I watched I watched as Noah beat him I, watching Mary in those those last couple of rounds of Mary.
1: That was phenomenal.
0: That was probably the most exciting crossfit games experience I've gotten the past 2 years watching those two go head to head and just I mean I've never seen Matt Frazier lose in a workout like that, yep. you know? Yep. Standing right next to the guy that beat him and Matt Frazier you know, it took him all weekend to get to catch Noah. Yep. You know, it was most of that. you know, Noah got crushed on the clean and then the uh, dumbbell work out. But uh Fraser's run you know, Fraser had to work this year. Yep. I don't think anybody's being Tia. I think she is by she's far the man. most fit athlete in the world.
1: She is a she like is, male,
0: female, doesn't matter.
1: She's a savvy.
0: How do you go from, you know, competing in weightlifting, go to the Olympics and then compete at the CrossFit games and win the CrossFit games and does well the same everything. year. You know she's what I'm saying? At,
1: she's good at everything.
0: I mean, how many athletes stop CrossFit to go compete in weightlifting? Yep. She went to the Olympics, the pinnacle of the sport. Yeah. And then a couple, and then the next month went off to compete with uh,
1: the fittest in the world yeah. and win. It's crazy. She's she's an animal. Hey, talk about that the the Fraser workout with Noah and uh, Mary. To to me, one of the biggest lessons that the that every CrossFitter could take from that workout is like you said they were going head to hit. To watch him lose like that, but if you watch a guy that that's, that's that good at what he does, that whole workout as long as it was him being that close to Noah. He never went away from his best workout. Yeah. He stayed in his plan. Now, if that guy's doing that at that stage, sticking to his workout, I think we can all take a lesson as as everyday CrossFitters, like, do the best workout for me. And at the end of the workout, if I got a little bit of extra, I'll go and try and beat Noah. I'll go and try and beat, you know, Joe Smith, who's next to me at the gym, if that's my goal that day. But that I think that's a great lesson to take from that. Oh, he, yeah. He was sitting in a – in a world championship against a guy who he knows coming for him in a workout like that, and he just stuck with his plan that whole way.
0: Yeah, that, was, that wasn't a testament, in my opinion, of Frazier as much as it was of Noah. Noah is the guy that had everything to lose. Frazier knows, but he has to lose. Yeah. You know, yeah, Frazier knows exactly know what I'm saying. Absolutely. Yep. Noah, Noah was in the lead. Did he have the mental capacity to keep pushing Frazier, or would he allow him to take him over? Yep. Frazier, I don't think, cared. I don't think in the grand scheme of things, I mean, he that guy admittedly doesn't like to lose, but I don't think he cared as much as, okay, that's just one workout. Yeah. Beat yep. me again. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Absolutely. You know, and that, and you know, that in the gym or in life, you know, Hey, someone beat you up on something. Cool. What's going to happen tomorrow? Yep. Can you recover from that and keep your, keep your game plan, keep your set. Um. There's a, in the book, Uh. I don't know if you've read the Rich Froning book first. No. He talks about it, you know. There's a workout they were doing with power snatches and burpees over the wall. And uh, they're doing it, and Froning's looking out of the corner of his eye, looking at Jason put, you know, with the barbell. And you can see Jason keep looking over at Froning. And they were kind of gaming each other. Who's going to drop the barbell first? Well, Jason drops the barbell first. And Fr- Froning says in the book, he was like, I was two reps away from dropping that barbell. But mm-hmm. when I saw Jason drop it, I couldn't stop. Yeah, And... You know, it's just one of it's those mental mental games. He was yeah. like, I wasn't gonna let him beat me
1: yeah. in
0: that where I was gonna play my game, let him try to run with me, and then when he dropped the barbell, now I'm gonna take you over. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. it's a it's a giant mental game that you gotta play, not just with another athlete, but with yourself. Yeah. You know, um, am I gonna drop this? You know, we talk about DT. For me, it's hand cleans. You know, when I go to those that workout, there's sometimes I do that workout, and I'm just like. I'm just not going to drop this. This workout may take me an hour to do today, but I'm going to do nine hand cleans every round, unbroken. Unbroken. Yeah. I am not going to put this barbell down on because I know once I get to the push jerks, I'm you know like most people, the push jerks are the easy part. Yeah. You know, there's only six reps. Don't put it down. Yep. You know, for me, it's the hand cleans that get me every time. That's body weight hand cleans for me. So it's just like, if I can go nine reps unbroken for five rounds, I know I'm. Not letting my mental uh, get to me. Yeah,
1: you know. Well, that's that's that goes back to something I mentioned earlier. I talk about honestly, you had an intent. If you if you if that's your approach in that workout, you have an intent. That's something that that's a goal of yours in the workout. And sometimes people need to understand that too. Like your workout, your goal or your intent every day doesn't need to be the best time in the workout. Yours might be I'm doing these wall balls. I'm broken. Yours might be all my 400s are staying under a, a 145. Yeah, like. Take, take different approaches to different workouts don't always think about having the best score the best time the best work there, yes there's a time and a place for that but in each individual workout you as an individual can get better at something if, yeah. you're, if, you're, if you're focused and intentional on what you're doing for sure mm-hmm.
0: you know speaking of all that stuff going down you know what's your advice for anybody wanting to look at
1: CrossFit competing in CrossFit seriously oh man this, this is a good question a very good question um i think people in the if you're new to crossfit and you want to compete i think it's great i think competing is awesome i don't care if you compete rx scale whatever the case may be sign up go compete have a blast learn something about yourself i think um trying to think of the best way to put this some people do need to realize like hey you walk into that gym and and you might be a pretty strong athlete you might be a a pretty fit person come from another background you look, you look across the gym and see a, a quote-unquote, competitive athlete doing something that you really want to do. That is awesome. Stay driven. Go for it. But sometimes you gotta, you got to kind of investigate. That person might, might have been doing something for 10 years. Yeah. You know? Like, maybe, even if you can physically do what you see, maybe it's not the right time or place. Like, kind of be patient. Uh, learn. Learn the system. Learn how CrossFit works. Learn how competing works. And, and then kind of set small goals and attack them one by one like whether it's a it's a competition at your own box whether it's competition across town whether it's your first scaled competition whether it's your first partner competition first rx and then just kind of chip away but i think everybody should compete um, my best advice would be just kind of kind of know where you stand like as an individual just be honest with yourself and say hey i'm ready to try and do this don't don't jump the gun on your, on doing too much and getting hurt. Yeah. But I'm all for people, like, striving to do the next thing. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, my biggest, I guess my biggest piece of advice would just be kind of get the information from the people who have been around and find out what's your best approach towards going for it. But by all means, I think people should sign up to compete.
0: Oh, I mean, I, I I agree with you on that one. I tell everybody, do one. Yep. you know do the morning of competitions I'm so nerve wracked but this has always been me in sports like soccer baseball yeah. whatever sport I was playing I was always nervous going into it you know but those nerves were what made me better Yeah, you know it was the fact that I was thinking about it and I, I was nervous because I wanted to do well Yep. you know if I'm not nervous about something, I'm not trying hard enough yep. in, in my opinion you know it's the same thing with any workout you do if you're not if you're not nervous about the workout it's not hard enough Yep. type of thing yep. um, it's true I I think every athlete should compete. In, anytime they tell me this, is what I want to do, I want to try to compete. Let's go. Yeah. I think some people put too much pressure on themselves, and they don't do well in the first one. They kind of get upset, and they never do it again. Yeah. And it's like, hey man, this is YMCA basketball. You didn't do well in this one event. Yep. You know, but you learn about yourself. Yeah. You know, the like we talked about barbell cycling. How many times did you want to put the barbell down? and You didn't. That's your win for the day. Yeah. Now you did this many, and then test those workouts again and see if you can beat your times. Yep. You know, um, some people do better on game day than they do in the gym. That's another thing. For me, training, I'm not good. I'm not good training. Put me on the gym floor during competition. I always manage to do better. Yeah. You know, I. You know, I power clean. You know, for me, I, I'm not good at power cleaning. Uh, my max squat clean is 250. My max power clean was always 215. Uh, me on the competition floor hit 230 that day really that's you know awesome. and 15 pound power clean pr yeah. just because put me on the gym floor and especially when i'm with a partner i don't want to be the reason for my partner's failure yep. you know so i'm
1: going to push myself that much harder that's so true man I, and, and, and what you just said is that is why i think people should compete is you it's not a, it's not a maybe it's a guarantee you will do something that day you didn't think you can do whether it's a a bigger number of reps in a certain workout if it's lifting a weight you've never lifted before like if you go to compete i don't care if it's scale rx elite you're going to push yourself past the limit in something that if it was on an average wednesday in the gym you wouldn't do yeah you know and and then you then something might click you're like wow you know i didn't think i could do that and then the next time you go to do something you're like hey now i know i know i could do this i'm gonna go for more right and that not, that might not be you might do a competition and be like i was stupid i'm never working out like my wife she'll do a workout and she'll be like this is effing stupid i ain't doing this again some people are like that yeah exactly know? but there's a but it's still fun it's a good experience you're you're in a community whether it's in your gym or not the the crossfit that's one thing i love about crossfit competitions 99.9% of the time you're not going to come across no idiots like Everybody supportive.
0: Oh man, what a what an amazing! Everybody's supportive. Like, I've never been around a group of people that just just push. You know what I'm saying? Like just
1: cheering each other on for yeah. no reason. I don't even know you. Yeah, I go to competitions and I'm I'm slapping fives and talking to people I don't even know their names, but you just talk about the workouts. And I might not see him again, but then I'll see him at another competition, and then then you kind of remember each other, and then you build relationships. Like it's it's really it's really cool stuff. Yeah, like, for sure. Competing is fun, man. I mean, the biggest thing is. Yeah, you got to shell out some coin to go sign up and do this, but that's part. That's the nature of it. It is what it is. Always has been. So if you got the means to do it, go ahead and do a competition. And
0: I, you know, I say that to other people. It's like, it, it applies to everything you do. It's more than just crossfit. It's more. It's about life. Yeah. It's like like we talked about earlier. Life's going to throw chaos at you. That's a competition. Yep. You know, are you going to let these stupid little things beat you down? Yep. And then just want to quit at life. Or you just go, no, you got to, you got to go. You got to push through it. You know, in these competitions, there's going to be stuff in there that you didn't think that you'd be able to do. And then all of a sudden, and if I can do that in the gym, imagine what I can do in life.
1: Yeah. You know? And one of the biggest things to realize too is, 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 and like you said, things aren't going to go right every time you compete. That one workout might be the first one. And I've had that happen before like you go to a comp and then you have a workout early you're crushing like,
0: training and then something, yeah, like yeah,
1: something you, happens that day you go to work at the first workout and it go it, you just tank like yeah. you're expecting to be in the top one or two teams in your last like that happened to me recently actually and you got to take it as all right am I going to let this ruin my day or am I going to say hey that happened I'm gonna have the, the the best the best rest of my day I can yeah. Right? Like, so now you just turn it into another competition for yourself mentally. Like, yeah, I might not be able to podium today. I might not be able to win. But, like, I could teach myself, like, you know what? That sucked. That was a horseshit effort. We're going to turn around and make sure the rest of the day isn't like that. Right? So you, just like every day you could do that. But at a competition, it's, you put yourself in a position to do that even more. Yeah.
0: Imagine when, I mean, you teach your kids something. You know, you have no idea who's watching. I tell that to people. You have no idea who's watching at all times of the day. That guy bombed that first workout. But man, he hit a 15 pound power clean PR. Yep. You know what I'm saying? He didn't let that stop him. Yeah. You know? And these little stupid things, and like that power clean, work, two two thirty for a power clean, for you know most males my age, a two fifty pound power or two fifteen power, two hundred thirty pound power clean is nothing. Yeah. But for me, that's all I needed for the huge. day. Yeah. That's all I needed that day for my victory. Yeah. And then I knew that anytime I step in this gym, and there's a barbell that feels heavy you just you power cleaned this once before. Yeah. It's in your head. That's yep. the only reason you can't do it today. Yep. And Absolutely. it's telling myself that. Absolutely. You know. So, you know, one last question before we get out of here, uh, you know, talking about that stuff, uh or a couple questions. Is you know, there's one thing you think most critters
1: are lacking. What do you think it is? Ooh. One thing most CrossFitters are lacking. I would say Man, just basically what we just talked about the uh, the mental game, the mental game when it comes to stuff you're quote unquote not good at or quote unquote can't do, right? I, that that's one thing that drives me nuts. I think because I'm the type of person that like if if it's something that I physically can't do right now, if I if I want to do it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I gotta do until I can do it. Yeah. Right. So if we're talking about like lifting a certain amount of weight yeah that's different that's going to take you a long time you got to do a proper like if i want a 320 pound clean could i probably do that one day yeah but i'm going to have to change a lot of things but if we're talking like hey i can't do a total bar or i can't do a pull-up um stuff like that like you can like pretty much barring any physical limitations injuries if you have some kind of disabilities um all that stuff that plays a role but if you want to do a toner bar or string some toner bar together one day, you can do it. Muscle ups, bar yeah. muscle ups, anything,
0: yeah. All that stuff. It's 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 all how much effort you're willing to put into it.
1: And it's yeah. not even a physical effort. It's again it's mental. Yeah. Are you willing to stay the extra fifteen
0: minutes to
1: work on it? Yep. And here and here's the other thing. It's not just the fifteen minutes. It's that fifteen to twenty minutes of doing stuff that is not cool. Like mm-hmm. to get better the at those things stuff. you have to do. Kip swings, you have to do hollow rocks, you have to do, you have to work on just engaging on the rig, you're not just going to sit there and flop around and try and do a bar muscle up, right? You got to, you got to do the stuff that the coaches or the seasoned athletes recommend you do, and I guarantee you, the people that are at the top, or the people you're aspiring to be like, and I'm not talking about in your everyday gym, I'm talking about CrossFit Games athletes do these things. Yeah. Right? They work on the basics. They just
0: don't put on their Instagram yeah. page. because yeah, it's, it's not
1: cool, right? You'll never be, you know, Cole Martinez? Yeah in Nashville, yeah the teen kid that went to the games. He posted a video one night and it was him doing uh kip swings on the on the rings, just from Hollow to Superman on the rings and talking about working on the basics. And this kid's going to the CrossFit games. Yeah. Right for the second time. Which the teens might get left out now, which is crazy, but it is what it is. We'll find out when they when they let us know all that stuff. But and I, I actually messaged him and I said, you know, I really appreciate you sharing this because it needs to be seen. And then I shared it in my story and I hope people read it. I don't know, five people look at my stuff or twenty five people or a hundred. I have no idea. Yeah. But this kid is going to the games and in his training he's working on um hollow superman kit swings on the rings. Yeah. Right. If he's doing it, you're damn sure we need to be doing it. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. if you want to be good at these movements. So I think that's one of the biggest things is that they lag is the the ability to understand that and then also uh back it's it's on the mental side is some some CrossFit gooders are really good at stuff. So it's something that they're not good at, they completely shut down. Yeah. Right. So you I that drives me nuts. Like if, if you're not good at it, you should in my opinion, you should want to do it more. Mm-hmm. Right? If you if you really wanna be good at this stuff. Um but I see a lot of people like it'll it'll shut them down. You know, oh I not, mean you know, they
0: like you said, the mental game is just the guys that, you know, before the workout even starts, they're like, oh, I'm going to suck at this again, workout. How do you know that? You haven't even started yet. You know, today today may be your day. Yeah. You know, but if you go into that workout, you know, no one goes to the batter's box in baseball and says, I can't hit this pitcher. Yeah. Then, I, you know, LeBron James doesn't go into the basketball court. Man, these guys are going to smoke us today. Yep. You know? And, again, you don't yeah. even have to be that competitive to understand that, you know, we all have issues with something. Yep. You know, that's the beauty of this sport. There's so much to work on. So you may smoke me today's workout. Tomorrow's workout, you know, pops up on the whiteboard. And today might be my day to beat Joe. Yeah. You know, who knows? Who knows what's, you know, I don't know what you did last night. You may have drank all night. Yeah. You know? So, but if I tell myself... And that's happened. And if I go in there and tell you... You know, if I go in there and say, well, I'm just going to go... Joe's going to beat me anyway. And I just go pay, rep for rep with you. Or after you you got done drinking all night. Yep. You know, you're going slow paced. I could have had my chance to beat you. You could have had a better workout. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just it just is what it is. Or any... You know, in that case, you know, the mental aspect, man. Guys shut down. Especially, like, assault bikes are running. Like, they see those two movements in a workout and it's... They
1: shut down. Yeah. I'm hoping... Um, to use to use my son as an example here during this little quarantine, like my my youngest son, he's just super athletic. Like just anything, he'll just pop up and do it, right? So he could just I didn't know where to jump on a pull up bar. and He could do a bunch of pull ups. Like one day he decided he was gonna do it. My older son, he's bigger, a um, little bit broader kid. has got a lot more body weight to him, tall. He's not not a fat kid by any means. He's just big boy, um, and he's he's never been able to do a pull up. So he told me a couple weeks ago when we started quarantine, like. I can't do a pull-up. And I was like, you could do a pull-up if you want to. But you're never going to do one if you don't jump up there and start working on it. Yeah. So we've been doing five-by-five five assisted pull-ups every day. Well, not every day, probably four or five days a week since we've been home. Now he's up to doing like six sets of six or seven. And even the other day, he went to double digits. Like, and I'm just, he'll jump up there, and I just old school, like being so in Bend the knees. Bend the knees, and I got his feet, right? But I could feel how much he's using me. Yeah. And he's using me way less. So by doing boring things over and over and over again, he's building the strength and it's focused work and he's intentional on what he's doing. He's going to be able to do a pull up and it's going to happen fairly, fairly shortly. Anybody on any given day can work on that in the gym. It takes us five minutes. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to do a pull up, in my opinion, you can do a pull up if you really want to. Yeah. If you don't want to, you're not going to do one. You know, it might, it might require, and I, I have this conversation with people sometimes and it's. It sucks, but you might require losing some weight, you know? Yes, you could be 300 pounds and do a pull-up, but it, that pull-up be a lot easier at 250.
0: Yeah. Right? I don't care how much you work out. Got to fix that diet first. Yeah. Never like, got to work a bad diet.
1: So it's just stuff like that I hate. I'd say that's my biggest complaint with CrossFit athletes, and the thing they lack the most is uh, um, the mental aspect to really push what they really want, if they really want it. Yeah. You know? So, but... And that, and that's also one of my favorite parts about this is dealing with people and that, and learning people and people. Yeah. I learn something every day, man. Whether it's from from a negative or a positive situation in the gym or outside the gym, like I really try and pick up something on dealing with people, dealing with the programming, dealing with coaching. It might just be on the way I said hello to somebody. Yeah. But like, man, you know what? Maybe every day is not someone's best day. I don't need to be all up in your face. Like, could be could be one of my best friends and and uh, I approach you a certain way at the gym I do every day but you're just not feeling it that day and I'm like wait you know what maybe every day is not as as good for everybody. you can learn something just yeah. like that you know just for sure so
0: you know so carrying off that you know what about
1: somebody that's looking to coach what are, what advice you got for them <clears throat> oh man I, that's a good question that's a tough question because I think in, especially in what we do coaching is such a broad statement. Yeah. Uh, We have so many different kinds of coaches. We have so many different approaches to coaching in the CrossFit realm. I'd say the... I guess the main point of advice would be to just pay attention to everything in the gym. Right? You might have a coach that's similar to you. Don't just learn from them. Look at everybody else. Even if it's somebody that you disagree with a lot, you still can learn from them. Oh, yeah. You know, you you might learn what you don't want to do, but they might... It might be something that you have different philosophies from, but they might do something one day, and it's like, hey, I really like that. Yeah, you coaching
0: know? cues and everything else, you can learn something from doesn't yeah. matter how many, how many years they've been coaching. They just gave a cue that worked with a different athlete, you know?
1: Yeah, I would say, I guess the biggest point of advice would be that pay attention. Um, always, whether you're working or not working, even if you're just working out, just pay attention to what's going on. And then also just kind of like I talk about with the athletes, just be willing to, to learn and adapt and try different things and you'll be able to find your your mold as a coach. That's yeah. one thing I hate. I think there's some coaches in CrossFit that think some things have to be a certain way. They have to be a certain way because that's their way or they have to be a certain way because that's that's what they always were. I'm not a fan of that. I think uh I think we need to be able to adapt, build our own our own way of doing things and make it fit the system of people around you but we ain't robots man like i'm coming into the gym and i don't care if i'm working at uh, crossfit solidified your gym some gym up in new york i'm gonna be me and i think that's that's what a coach needs to do be smart pay attention learn but always just be yourself yeah you know? for sure so
0: i think yeah you know I, I think a lot of people tend to don't understand the that this is not a part-time gig. This isn't a... Uh, if you want to be a coach, be a coach. Yep. You know, and you should be... We talked about earlier, striving every... You should be trying to make every athlete better than you. Yep. You know, and pushing them. And I don't think people understand the impact they can have on people's lives. Because you don't know what somebody's going through at home. Yep. You have no idea what someone's going through at work. You know, someone can be in your gym on the border of suicide. And they just showed up to the gym that day. And this might be it. This might be their last workout. But something you did and pushed them to be better than where they were yeah. earlier that day may click in their head and you know keep them you know yeah. keep them from doing some, something like that or you know you know in a much less dramatic sense just having a bad day yeah. you know and if you can get them a, you know if you just part time gig and don't really care if they hit that bar muscle ups you're not helping them you're not yeah. but seeing some athletes. I mean, I've seen so many athletes come in here and get their first bar muscle. And there's something as silly as a strict handstand push-up. Yeah. You know, I've seen people get strict handstand push-ups, and it's like changes their world. Yeah. You know? And for me, that's the best part of my day. Yeah. I don't care what PR I hit. They hit a strict handstand push-up today, and they've ran out of this gym ecstatic yeah. that they hit a strict handstand push-up. Because now that you've taken down a wall that they had in their head. Yeah. You know? And, and that's the best part for me. Like, yeah,
1: that's the that's awesome part of coaching, man. Like... Just some of the stuff people have have messaged me or talked to me about at the gym when they do something that they didn't think they can do, like, that's phenomenal. Yeah. And I always tell people, because they'll always, like, thank you or stuff like that, and I'm like, man, you did everything. Like, you did – our job as coaches is to try and help guide you there, but I can tell you 20 times what I think you should do, and I'm not saying I'm always right but if if I'm your coach, I could tell you what I think you should do, but nothing's happening if you don't do the work. Absolutely. So I think that's, that's an awesome part about, about what we do and, and the feedback you get from people. But just to relay that back to future coaches, pay attention to that stuff. Yeah. Like pay attention to the athletes and you're not, it's every day not going to be perfect, man. I know I've, there's been days I try and go in the gym and, and give 110%, but just like them, we have life. Like, yeah. So some days I'm, I know I walked out of there and I'm like, damn it. i I might have been at eighty-five percent today, right? Just try and try and have as little of those days as possible. You know, you're you're committed to do something, so when you're there, do it. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. Where, none of us are perfect. We're not going to have that every day, um, but I try to give as many good days. I try. I really just try and go in there because I know what it's done for me. Like I've had some good coaches who have really helped me, so I want people to feel the way I did. Yeah. Exactly. You know,
0: so for sure. Uh, so. With that said, man, I appreciate you coming out today. I have one more question for you. That's uh, how do you think the Yankees are going to do this year?
1: If we play baseball, <laughs> if there's any baseball season, I think the Yankees are actually going to have a really good season. Yeah. Um,
0: so, like, I mean, this is the year that we were going to do it too, man. I had every. I thought. know,
1: I know. I think we still got a chance. I think they're gonna. They might end up playing some ball with empty stadiums for a while, which would be really interesting to see. We, I think it would be cool if they get some like a uh, mics down on the field, and we <laughs> can actually hear the banter going on. Uh, they might have to blurt a lot of things out. Uh, so they, some cool things could come from it. Uh, just, you know, me being uh, the baseball guy I am and what I do for a profession outside of CrossFit, I think it would be cool if we can even hear the umpires out there on the field a little bit more, you know, just to hear those guys talk to the players and communicate. There's a lot of good talk that go. Everybody always sees the yelling and the arguing out there, but the relationship between the on-field players and the umpires, there's a lot of there's a lot of respect out there that I think people don't see they they only see the disrespect so I would love to see that but as far as the Yankees go man uh, if we play ball I think we got a shot this year but I never get my hopes up because I've been disappointed too many times (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it's a story of New York
0: sports yeah. fans. Yeah,
1: man, I'm a I'm a big Nick fan, so I know all but about this. Nothing disappointment. but disappointment. Yeah. <laughs>
0: hey, man, I appreciate you coming out today. I really appreciate you uh, sharing your insights, and uh,
1: hopefully, this helps somebody out there. Yeah, man. I thanks for having me. Uh, when you asked me to do this, I thought it was super cool. I knew I knew I could just come and kick in and talk to you. And anybody that's listening, you know, to us, whether it's five people or a hundred people, if if you know me and, and you have a means to reach out for me, if I can help you with anything, you know, I'll do the best I can. Anybody that knows me knows that uh, I I give you what I can, you know. There's a lot going on. We got a lot going on. So hit me up. If I can help, I will. If not, I'll try and get you an answer. And, and uh, if you think you can help me with something, please let me know.
0: All right, man. I appreciate you coming out.
1: Sweet.